0: Welcome to the Living Leadership Podcast, equipping leaders to live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. Happy New Year from all of us here at Living Leadership. In this, our first episode of 2023 we wanted to share with you a talk from our archives. This talk was given by Marcus Honeyset last January, January 2022, at one of our services, Refresh Network Online. Refresh Network Online is a twice-monthly gathering for leaders and spouses, which takes place on Zoom. In each session, which is just an hour long, we have a time of sharing from God's word, then time spent in small groups reflecting and praying together, sharing burdens and our lives. If this is the sort of thing that you'd enjoy being part of, please do check out our website www.livingleadership.org forward slash R-N-O for Refresh Network Online. And we'd love to have you join us. Anyway, over to Marcus for today's episode.
1: With a few friends the other day, I was reading Psalm 27, uh, probably my favourite psalm. And uh, one of them said how comforting they find it that in Psalm 27, David is both completely confident in the Lord and also terribly troubled. The Lord is my light and my salvation and evil men advance against me. I'm confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and False witnesses rise up against me, and my father and mother forsake me. Many psalms are one or the other of those, but Psalm 27 brings them both together. And it finishes off with this synthesis. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Of course, there are lots of other times when we're told to wait on the Lord, relying on his strength, his timing. I guess Isaiah 40 is the best known. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. But uh, there are others. Peter Comont brought to us Psalm 37 a few weeks ago. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways. I like that, but waiting on the Lord patiently is the antidote to fretting. Micah 7. Waiting for him is linked to hoping in him. I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my savior, my God will hear me. Same in Lamentations three, the Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Blessed are all who wait on him. And there are lots more. Uh, My favorite's probably Psalm 130, that cry from the depths. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope, I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think in our kind of activist part of the Christian world, we're very good at this. Our surrounding culture is obsessed with instant gratification. And that easily affects us and our people as well. We so easily get impatient. Maybe you prefer texts that say make the most of every opportunity, more activist bits of scripture. And I'll forget uh, when I still worked for UCCF, uh, meeting a church student worker once who asked me how many one to ones I did in a day. And the, the only reason for him asking was he wanted to tell me how many he did. So uh, I asked him and he proudly told me that he did um, eight one-to-ones every day. He prepared a short Bible study, met a student uh, in the refectory. First one came eight till nine, pray Bible study, pray, go, next one comes. It was a sort of sausage machine, conveyor belt kind of thing. And I asked him why he did that. And he said, because the need is infinite. So I have to try to meet it. What he actually meant was I, I have to show how busy I am and then my elders and will, will like it and I'll get applauded for it. I don't have other ways to measure success. So I'll use activity as a surrogate measure. I asked him, does anybody get to five minutes to the hour and say, there's a sin I'm really struggling with. I'd like to talk to you about it. He said, no, that never happens. I wonder why. We so easily get impatient. us even a brief period when nothing seems to be happening and i feel that i have to rush in and do something lest i feel at a loose end or in case anybody thinks that i'm lazy it is the opposite of waiting that it will make sure that i don't wait on the lord and of course now in this season when we have lots of people clamoring for us to do something you know um, the politician's syllogism from the old Yes Minister series. um, uh, We must do something. This is something. Therefore, we must do it. People are clamoring for us to do something. Either get us back to previous normal, just reintroduce all the things we did before and that we liked before, or throw all that to the wind and get on with imagining and developing new things for the future. I guess quite a lot of us are caught between two different Uh, constituencies wanting both of those things and they're mutually exclusive and then getting frustrated because we won't deliver the version that they like. I think that very few people at the moment are encouraging ministers to wait on the Lord. I think very few people are liking it if we say that's what needs to happen and maybe that's what needs to happen for an indeterminate amount of time. When the Lord took Elijah to the Kerith Ravine for three and a half years, he didn't know it was gonna be three and a half years. He just knew that it was him learning to lean into God and wait on him. When we wait on the Lord, we can't engineer when he's going to speak or act or guide. We wanna do things and just praying and leaning into him feels, um, well, maybe not very efficient or productive or useful. Uh, my personal conviction is that 2022 is the start of new things that he is doing. And that we aren't going to go back to January 2020 and that it's unwise to try. It's just my personal view. When God changes the world as he has, things never go back. As if COVID is some big distraction from his real game plan. Uh, COVID is his game plan and he's using it to reset both the world and us in his church. But we don't have much idea yet what that is going to mean. And that means we should seize this opportunity ourselves and for our churches to learn in a new and deeper way what it means to wait patiently for the Lord, even when that feels frustrating or he doesn't seem to be doing anything or at least nothing that we can get our heads around. And that brings me to the related theme of patience we're going to learn to be people who wait we're going to have to be patient. A little while ago I was asked to preach about patience from the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5 and i would never been asked to do that before. It occurred to me what a very strange thing it is to have in the list. Paul Coulter was just saying before this meeting if uh, the fruit of the spirit was multi-choice that's the one that you would that's the one you would leave off. Why is growing in patience enough of an indication of what the Spirit is doing in us to make it into Galatians 5. You know, there are so many other things he could have put in the list. Hospitality, mercy, lots of things, but there is patience right after love, joy, and peace. So I got out of my concordance, and I reveals my age, doesn't it? got out of my concordance, started looking up other verses, and there are quite a lot. 2 Peter 3.15 says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience, same word, means salvation. Paul knew it very well. I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and have eternal life. Jesus is patient so that people get saved and saved sinners who have received his patience display how wonderful he is very often the word that's used has connotations of both waiting patiently for salvation and patiently forbearing with each other endurance and bearing with for example colossians 1 paul prays that the colossian church might be strengthened with all power so that they might have great endurance and patience great prayer in persecutions for sure but Perhaps that's a good prayer for all churches in challenging times as well, that you might be strengthened with power so that you have great endurance and patience. We need endurance and patience. And of course, patience is also what love looks like in action. Don't don't you find it interesting that the very first thing that 1 Corinthians 13 says about love is that it's patient. Before it says that it's kind. it's really surprising when you think about that. Why is that? Maybe it's because a primary thing about God's love is that he's mercifully patient in withholding judgment at the present time. So patience is a Holy Spirit characteristic. It's a Holy Spirit fruit in people who wait in hope. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulations, says Romans 12. We wait for our hope, we're keeping on praying, keeping on doing the work of the gospel, but always looking for when the Lord is going to guide and longing for him, and in the meantime being humble, bearing with one another in love as we're all under trial together. Patience is the attitude that says we're looking forwards in hope. We're going to to bring that hope for that great day into today as much as we can. And at the moment, not knowing what to do, we're going to wait for him with that mindset. As if us doing things is the great thing that God's gonna do in this world. Now we're gonna wait for him to work. I think there are many opportunities for great frustration in churches at the moment. People are just so tired. The interactions that normally oil the wheels of relationships have been lacking. We get cantankerous. We're easy targets for people's weariness and frustrations and hopes and fears, criticisms. But if there's a great opportunity for frustration, there's surely a great opportunity to be people who are waiting patiently for our hope and to invite others to learn how to do that with us as we're learning how to do it. So we're praying beforehand, Richard Underwood said in prayer, we're waiting optimistically because God is not gonna disappoint us when we're learning and inviting other people to learn how to do it before us when they when they see and imitate us enduring in hope rather than in despair there's surely something very attractive about that people will get attracted. maybe not everybody some are just going to get frustrated and want instant results and want the people who say yeah we 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 know exactly what things are going to be like we can get you back to previous normal we can provide the comfort but some are going to sense that spiritually waiting in hope is the right place to be and they are going to gather to you and they're going to get blessed perhaps uh, in our groups we can talk about whether we are good at waiting patiently in hope some of of us will be better at that than others. Some of us will have learned lessons to share, I'm sure. I always think that the list in Galatians 5 is a great barometer to help us assess how we need to realign our hearts to the things of the Spirit. Maybe for some of us, the thing that God wants us to realign to this year is our patience in hope. It's a thing he wants to produce in your life that maybe would have gone unnoticed if the times had been different. We're gonna pray for that, exemplify it, accept it, be um, people who others can imitate in it. Patiently waiting on the Lord is often what a spirit-filled life looks like, but is so often drowned out among us by the clamor of unceasing activity and all the demands that people make on us. Uh, one more verse as i close peter says that everybody each one should use whatever gift we have received to serve others faithfully administering god's grace in its various forms he is transforming us to be like the lord jesus and he's transforming us to to make us into ministers of his grace people see that they get the the aroma of that they smell it they They see something different for them to imitate when we are people of love and joy and peace and patience. And at this time, especially if we're able to model how to be patient in affliction. So as I said, I think this is gonna be a season of new wine and new wineskins, but we are approaching it very tired at the end of our resources. But whatever he chooses to do, it won't be our resources that make it happen anyway. In our weariness, in everybody's weariness, uh, we must not worry about waiting on the Lord. Perhaps deliberately, not just going back to all the old activities. That might just be displacement activity that is popular, but crowds out the new things that he might want to do. But instead, being leaders and churches who are prayerfully pressing in, resting, Rest in the Lord Jesus says, Come and rest on me, wait on the Lord, wait on him more than watchmen, wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. So I've got a few questions for us in our groups, uh things like what might it look like for a church to be one that waits patiently in hope? How can we train ourselves in that? Uh, not to get frustrated in that do Do we think we're good at it or bad at it? Anything practical that you think um, has helped you that you can share that might help others? And uh, what might we need to help us and our churches grow in patiently waiting on the Lord?
0: Thank you for listening to the Living Leadership Podcast. We hope what you've heard today spurs you on in your walk with the Lord. If you're encouraged by today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend or colleague, or leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice to help others find us. If you'd like to engage further with us on anything we've discussed today, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on any major social media application at Living Leaders, or you can visit our website, www.livingleadership.org, where you'll find even more support and resources To help you live in Christ joyfully and serve Him faithfully. Blessings.